Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.35 at Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with the Oilers Now. The Oilers and the Chicago Blackhawks tonight. Some guests on our show receive guest certificates to Roos Chris Stakos. Follow Sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Stakos. 99.90 Jasper Avenue. We bring aboard Louis DeBrus from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Hello, Louis. How are you? Hey, Bob. How you doing, bud? Not bad. Not bad. Looking forward to tonight's game. I, I mean, Chicago is the type of team. Chicago and Pittsburgh, those are teams that other organizations uh, tried, you know, tried to mirror. And it's interesting that both clubs took a bit of a step back relative to how good they've been when they had to sign their big their big dogs long term. Uh, Pittsburgh once everything clicked in for both Malkin and Crosby, little you know didn't win for a few years, and Chicago's finding some challenges too. Once they did the ten point five million per and eight year extensions for uh, Kane and Taze. You know what the, the Blackhawks and the Pittsburgh Penguins, for that matter, have done a great job though at building around their core and. You know, they still do have that core here in Chicago, uh, and that's that's what they still continue to do. If you look at the guys they've plugged and played in this year, there's some young guys they signed on, on contracts that were undrafted. There's guys they picked up in free agency. I mean, they've kind of got a mix in a, um, of different players that they've juggled around that are doing a real nice job. They're a faster team this year. Youth is speed, typically, and that's uh, the direction they wanted to go. They didn't feel they were fast enough, and they've become a faster team again. And they still have the firepower of uh, two of the best guys in the league and Taves and Kane and a couple great back-end guys in Keith and Seabrook. So they're still a formidable team, and they know how to win. You know, those those leaders lead by example, and both Taves and Kane off to great starts this year, and that's why this team right now has six wins. Let's talk about two of the guys uh, that play their top six. Uh, we'll start with Alex DeBrinkett, who played a year with Connor McDavid. Uh, yeah. I saw him twice that year. Uh, frankly, he outplayed Connor in both those games that I saw. I must have seen Connor's worst two games of the year. He didn't get a point. And I, one of the games was against Darnell Nurse and Sioux St. I Marie. think there was only a handful of games that he didn't have a point, so you must have seen a couple that were yeah. just off nights. Yeah, he he uh, he got his hands screwed up in one of the games. He took a slash, and it was hurting him a bit. But uh, we were in the first time we were in Toronto, and then the second time we were in uh, Pittsburgh when I went in there to see him. Uh but Alex DeBrincat, I mean, 
this is a player, second round, heck of a second round draft pick by the Chicago Blackhawks, and all he did last year was score 28 goals. Yeah, you know what? He's he's a terrific goal scorer. He really is. He's a terrific player, and you know he kind of defies odds. You know, when you look at his stature, he's five foot seven. You know, he's listed as 165 pounds or 167 pounds, whatever it is. Here's the thing: there had to be, and there was reservations about a guy that size step into the NHL and having the same success that he had in junior. And I don't care who you are, you had to think that way a little bit because he's not the biggest guy. But as we've seen in the last few years how quick and cerebral this game has become in the NHL. It's the fastest it's ever been. It's the most skilled it's ever been. And a guy like Alex Dabrinkit just brings it every night. And, you know, I read a nice article on him about him, you know, learning from Connor McDavid that year that they spent together. It was Connor's draft year. He had 120 points in, I think, 48 or 49 games. And, you know, playing with him every day, watching what he did at the arena – he does things at high speed. That's the one thing that he mentioned that he learned that he had to do was do everything at a very high pace, and that translates into a real sound, solid NHL player. I watched the game last night, and I've watched him play throughout the year and a bit that he's been in the NHL, and he has a real knack for getting himself into a high-quality position to shoot the puck. And that's, you know, he hunts those spots. He hunts the right spot to get that shot away that he possesses. You don't put up. You know, 50-plus goals in three consecutive seasons in the OHL um, if you don't know how to do that. And obviously he knew how to do it with one of the fastest guys, the fastest guy in the league, in Connor McDavid. Now he's doing it with a guy who is really good at distributing the puck and holding on to it in Jonathan Taves. Jonathan Taves can drag a puck down low, find a seam, and DeBrinckit knows exactly when to pop to that hole and get that scoring opportunity away. It's no fluke that he scored 28 last year. He's already got eight goals this year. I expect him to be up over 20 again, maybe even up over 30 this year with the way he's playing. He is a real solid player, and uh, he's a nice story. It's nice to see a little guy like him come in and uh, make real big strides. Uh, Dominic Cahoon's the other guy, signed out of Germany. and I mean, Connor McDavid had the connection with, uh, obviously, Alex Debrinkett, and uh, Leon Dreisett a lid with Dominic Cahoon for three years, so we'd be naive to believe that Leon didn't tip off the Oilers organization. I believe they were in on him, but he ultimately went to Chicago, and he's playing right in their top six. What do you think of him? You know what? Here's the thing. They seem to find those guys. Let's not forget, they're the ones that found Artemi Panarin, too, and brought him over on a contract, and he lit it up, and, is, and now everybody knows how how good the bread man is in the National Hockey League. So Stan Bowman and the Chicago Blackhawks, I mean, they're, they're an organization that kind of thinks outside the box that way. They're looking for a certain ingredient and high skill, High level of intensity is what they're looking for. And, uh, you know, from, from reports, I don't know the player that well. Dominic Cahoon is another player that's come in. I watch him. He's fast. He makes plays quickly. He's anticipating. He's got jump to his stride. Um, you know, another guy that stepped right in there and is playing in their top six. I mean, it's, it's, it's there you go. Like, that's, that's another guy they picked up out of Germany. He's over Munich for four years. And, you know, here you go. He did play in the OHL, so he played a couple of years in Sudbury, so he knows the North American game, and he's had a little taste of it. But, uh, you know, just another another good find. And that's kind of right now how the Blackhawks have had to do it. When you talked about the salary structure and having a couple of guys making a lot of money, you have to look outside the box and find guys you can bring in on lower deals to come in and, and make up your roster that can produce and perform. And... Uh, They've done that again. They've got a couple of young guys that are doing that right now. Well, the Oilers are down a similar path now that McDavid and Drysaddle's deals have kicked in, and obviously Connor has been productive, and so has Leon this year. Nugent Hopkins has had a wonderful start as well. 
Uh, and that's been a good base and part of the reason why Edmonton's going into this game with a 6-4-1 and record, Louie. Yeah, no question. I mean, the big guys have come to play this year, and that's really important. And, and now we're, we're again starting to talk about the support cast. We're starting to talk about the guys again right from the start. You know, who, is, who are going to be those guys that step up and perform at least up to their capabilities or projections or above it? You know, who's going to come in and have one of those years? And so far, I don't think anybody's knocked it out of the park. When you look at the support cast around number one, McDavid, number two, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins is having a great year on the left side with McDavid, but there's some holes to be filled in that top six, and you're going to see Drake Kajula get another opportunity up there with McDavid today. There's a guy that potentially could get on a roll and really start to produce, and there's no question he wants to. But like I said, nobody's really grabbed the reins and held on to those positions. We're going to see Yesipoli Arby get a, get a chance back in the lineup tonight, and there's another young player that's just you know trying to find his way and find some success in a really difficult world of the National Hockey League. I mean, this is this is what it's all about, but it's time to step up and have some guys, you know, solidify some roles and say, this is where I want to be, this is where I want to play, and go out there and take those positions and take those ice time minutes that are there and available. Um, Tom McClellan's waiting for that. He's waiting for somebody to show him who's going to be the guy, and when he does see it, He's going to reward them with that ice time. Louie, I don't know if you saw it, but Mark Spector and Jonathan Willis were engaged in a discussion on the viability of Drake DeJula on the right side with McDavid. Um, I would suggest, it's my belief, he's been more effective when he's played left. But we're going to go down the analytics path, and I know that you have some time for it. You have to look at the numbers a little bit. But the numbers would suggest that Kajula hasn't been a great fit there. Uh, I think he's actually had a decent year this year. How would you assess weighing in those statistical factors into decision-making processes? Well, listen, I, 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 I'm not going to utilize it too much at all, to be honest with you, because I'm going to look at the line, and I'm going to say McDavid and Nugent Hopkins uh, are pretty fine on their own right. They're doing a pretty good job. What are they looking for to complement them on that line? That's what you have to ask yourself, and I think that's where Todd McClellan is getting this, this decision from. He wants someone that's going to crash and go to the blue paint. And when Drake Kajula plays his best game, he's a pit bull out there. That's the way he plays. He crashes. He gets into those areas. He he fights for his space. He's not afraid to go to the dirty areas. Open up some space by being in the right position for 97 and 93. They don't want to necessarily go to those dangerous areas or the, the high traffic areas because they're better on the outside with their speed and skill to make plays. So they're going to have to have somebody that can go to that spot and has the speed to, to, to stick in there with both of them who are elite skaters. Drake Kajula has that. So he has all the makings to be a real good fit on that line. That's how Ty Ratty came in and played very well. He was a little bit of a bulldog out there. He wasn't afraid to get into the dirty areas. He had a physical element to his game, and he had a good scoring touch around the net. Drake Kajula hasn't found that scoring touch around the net yet. But he showed that he had it in college. He showed it early when he came to Edmonton. And now it's time for him to show it in the National Hockey League. This is a really big opportunity for him on the top line. This is how things get developed and how lines all of a sudden develop, have chemistry and stay together for a long time. We saw Raddy last year come in and kind of take that role. And he carried it over this year until he was hurt. And I'm sure he's going to get another opportunity there. But I'll tell you what, if Drake Kajula goes in there and shines, he'll stay there for as long as he shines. Louis DeBrus joining us from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. Louis, yes, so Paul Yarby back in the lineup. Your thoughts? Yep. 
hot-button topic, and I get it. You know, he's a young player, and I, and I really stress that because he's 20 years old. So, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at a player that's already played parts of two years. This is his third year playing in the NHL or games in the NHL, and he's only 20 years old. So I've got, you know, I've got more patience maybe with Paul Yarby, but at the same time, I do want to see some differences in his game. And, you know, I talked to him a little bit today. He seemed to have a smile. He's excited to get back in there, which is awesome to see. You want to be pumped to get back in the lineup and play. That's what you want from your players. Uh, He talked about the details of the game. They've been working very extensively with him about the details and where he's supposed to be. I just hope it doesn't clog him up too much, that he doesn't go out there and do what he does best. And that's just be a big guy out there that dominates the puck and dominates battles. Go out there and win more battles than you lose. Get your big feet moving. Carry the puck and have some confidence to get your shots away. It's difficult when you're getting information from so many different people. You read the papers. You listen to the radio. You watch the TV. It is very difficult to sometimes check that at the door and just go out there and play a game when you're 20 years old because there's no question he wants to be here. He wants to be an NHL player. And more importantly, Bob, he wants to be an impact player. This is a guy coming up that was an impact player everywhere that he played, and now he's hit a big brick wall, which is typical in the National Hockey League of young players. They have to learn to do it at this level. He hasn't quite got there yet, but there's been some differences in his game that we saw into the preseason, into the first couple of games. He's shown glimpses of it. It's about the consistency and the intensity that he plays the game with, and I think the points will come for him because he has that ability. But a lot of it is up to him, but I'd also like to see him get some better opportunities, too. I'd like to see them force some power play minutes down his throat to let him get some opportunities to shoot the puck, uh, to be that player that he wants to be. Um, he's going to have to earn it, though. There's no question. That's the message. You don't, you're don't. you not a healthy scratch for that number of games without it being a little bit of a message and saying, listen, this isn't going to come easy, but you show us what you can do, and the reward will be immense at the other end of it. And I think that's kind of where it lies right now with Pulley Army. Are we headed down an inevitable path here with Milan Lucic on the power play? And I, I think, Louie, it was uh, after the game, I, I want to credit the question. I think Jason Greger asked the question uh, about, you know, Lucic's net front presence, his ability to deflect pucks. And I don't know if Jason brought up puck retrieval, but I know that t- towards the end of Ryan Smith's career, Sean Horkoff was a, first of all, Sean Horkoff could win faceoffs on, on special teams, which is important. Uh, Sean also was better at puck retrieval than uh, Ryan Smith. I mean, Ryan Smith was great at deflecting pucks, that sort of thing. What is your assessment of Lucic with that net front presence role so far? It has to be better. There's no question, I think, but he's had some chances too, and we could be sitting here talking about a guy that has five, six goals right now and four of those on the power play at least with the chances that he's had. I mean, he had a great A chance the other night that he put over the net. And I think, again, he's starting to grip the stick a little bit too tight, which is understandable considering what happened last year to him. But he's always found a way. The one thing about Lucic's game is he's found a way to put himself into good positions to get those opportunities. You're not talking about a guy that gets high-quality chances that doesn't know how to get to those spots. So that's the positive of his game. And that's something that I think he can always rely on is he does know where to go. He needs a little puck luck, no question about that. Yes, on the power play, I do, believe, I do agree with Jason Greger, and I think that he needs to use that massive frame that he has And instead of trying to tip pucks all the time perfectly by moving out of the way, get in front of the goaltender. Make it really difficult for him to see that puck. And we've seen Alex Chason do it a few times now. He's planting himself in front of that net, and it's something that Edmonton desperately needs. And he's been rewarded a few times when he does that. So 
I think he can take a page from that and look at the best guys around the league that do it. I know that Todd McClellan talked about Thomas Holmstrom, who was you know who really honed that skill to a T and was was really solid in that position. Not only in the grit factor, but he he banged in a lot of junky goals. Which you know what, he didn't care how he scored them; they went in the net. And I think maybe that's kind of what Lucic needs is a bounce to go his way, and then maybe the the floodgates can open up a little bit. Because when you look at that top line of power of the power play, for me. It's the one area where you have to be really diligent in that position because they're not a, not a power play group that really rips the puck a lot on net. When they do get that shot there, somebody has to be really aware of what's going on in there to capitalize on those opportunities. So, uh, yeah, it can be better. I think there's a lot of things that can be better throughout the system. The power play last game wasn't very good. The penalty kill wasn't very good. That's why they lost the game to the Minnesota Wild. So both of those areas have to be better. But the net front presence... Uh, there's no question with the goaltenders, the way they're seeing the puck nowadays, you have to get in their eyes, and that's just something you have to commit yourself to being brave, number one, to step in front of those shots, and number two, the rewards will be great again because a lot of goals are scored from right there. Louie, you and me are roughly of the same vintage. You look a lot better. But, uh, you know, just a question. Patrick Kane is out with an illness, and we're not yeah. sure. I mean, it might just be sickness. I got to ask you this. You guys traveled a little bit differently back then, but I always like to give you a little bit of have a, have a fun one at the end. Was there any guy that you played with over the years that was a complete germaphobe that was ahead of his time in, ter- in terms of making germaphobes? You know what I'm yeah, saying? Because there's I know always. What you're saying. I'm going to, you know, I want to say Peter Ng a little bit. You know, was one of those guys that kind of was a little bit of a germaphobe, a yep. goalie. Yeah, yep. you know, he kind of had that. He didn't like guys touching his stuff, and I used to always mess with the, the little fuzzy thing in his helmet because I just like I knew it bothered him a little bit. But uh, yeah, good question. You know, like uh, were you guys as? I mean, I, I can't remember. I can't remember anybody that was uh, that compulsive about it. Um, you got kind of got me on the spot. There were certainly some guys that were. Well, let's, let's explain <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah, we, let's yeah. explain, like, so when we fly, you know, we're obviously on a team charter mandated by the NHL since uh, 9-11. Every team in the league has to be on a team charter. We have a wonder, wonderful service called AC Jets. They do a fantastic job. There's, I think there's 57 first-class seats on the plane. So you, you have your space. But when you traveled, Louie, it was all commercial. Oh, yeah. You know, right. and it was the worst thing. I remember, you know what, you go out the night before, you'd be drinking because we stayed everywhere. You know, we never flew out after the game. So right. we always got to go out as a team. And, you know, we would have a few on occasion, I'm not going to lie. And being a young guy on the team, it was the worst when you get the middle seat between the head coach and the assistant coach. And you're hungover? <laughs> yeah. And you're a little hungover and you try and hold your breath for three hours because you don't want them to, to smell it on your, on your breath. But, so you chewed a lot of gum know, or what? Yeah, chewed a lot of gum and you really short breaths, you know, don't don't breathe out too far. But you know what? It was kind of neat. We had some great, great times in the airports. We'd get delayed or whatever, and we'd play some games in the airport. And <laughs> there's no question the travel was a little bit different back then. But uh, we made the best of it. You know, we we, uh, we didn't know any different at the time. So that's the one thing is that we didn't see it any other way. This is the only way that we knew. But then when, when I did go to Tampa Bay, and we were chartering, I was like, yeah, this is a much better way to travel right here. You're home in your own bed most often. If it's a short trip, you're into the next city after the game almost every single time. And uh, it, w- it was a different and better way to travel. But you know what? That's what it was back then. We didn't know any different, but we tried to make the best of it. Well, the orders, think about it, Louis. The orders have been to Germany, Sweden, Boston, New York, Winnipeg, Nashville, Chicago, already. We're less yeah. than a month into the season. 
it's been a torrid start for them. And, you know, you have to be impressed with where they are right now. I think that their game is it has been pretty sound and pretty solid in the games they've played against some very, very elite teams. And, you know, I, I think that as tough as it was at the start, I think the adversity has kind of hardened them early on already to make sure that they're taking care of themselves, being prepared for the games, being detail-oriented. Um, the games they've been sharper. I, I just, I really do. I think that because of that adversity in a schedule early on, which you hear so many teams talk about, and we maybe don't give enough credit to teams for for dealing with that, especially Edmonton this year with the start of the year they had. Um, but it's kind of it's holding them in and dialed them in to say, you know what, they're not going to take any game for granted, and they have to be ready for each and every game. And tonight's another opponent, the Blackhawks, that can be dangerous, and and they have to be ready for it. It should be a good game. Louis, as always, thank you for your time. All right, Bob, take care, bud. From NHL Hockey and Rogers, that is Louis DeBus. Louis DeBus, do you want to mention uh, you can book now with New West Travel. Speaking of road trips, Oilers fan, join Oilers now. On two great road trips coming up to Nashville and Vegas, two of the most exciting arenas in the NHL. These Oilers now packages include airfare, accommodation, great game tickets, including a private suite in Vegas, all your transportation, a welcome reception with myself, and don't worry, we'll bring more important and important people you like more than me, uh, parking at uh, the uh, Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. Limited space to get on these roadies to see the owners in Nashville and Vegas. For the owners now, road trips. Call the travel experts at New West Travel, 780-432-7446 or online at newwesttravel.com. To talk about little Oilers, a man who won Stanley Cups with two different NHL organizations, Colin Fraser coming up, and Brian Burke in the second hour of Oilers Now. Uh, soon, you'll be hearing the dulcet tones. Oh, yes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The dulcet tones of Eileen Bell with a global news weather traffic update. Bob Stoffer with you from Rogers Place. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.